Welcome to the Coast to Coast Podcast. We are back here with episode 19. I'm your host, Kyle Creasy, and today I'm joined by my friend, Tyron McNear. Tyron, thanks for coming on, brother. What's going on, brother? Um, you know, I, I'm glad Tyron could come on. I just, I just wanted to get you guys an episode out this week. I mean, it's nothing crazy. Uh, but I just want to talk a little bit about what's going on and DeAndre Aiden and how he just signed his max contract, as well as, you know, some of the Donovan Mitchell stuff going on. Because what I think is funny is um, Andrew hopped on with me last week and we put on put out an episode and we were talking about, how, you know, the Jazz have not budged yet on Donovan Mitchell trade. And I think it was like the next day or like later that day, it was like the Jazz are open to trading Donovan Mitchell if somebody gives them the offer that they want. And it's like it wasn't a huge surprise. I just thought it was funny because I was like, I literally just talked about it on the podcast. Like, we literally just skipped Donovan Mitchell stuff because for that time, there was nothing about him being traded. <laughs> so, it obviously is something that has to be discussed when you're talking about an all star slash all NBA caliber player that might be on the move. We have to talk about that. That's not, that's not something that we can just brush under the rug. He's also one of my favorite players. So, I mean, of course, I'm going to talk about him. Um, but. First, I want to talk about DeAndre Ayton. Um, as we all know, pretty much at this point, uh, about a week ago, a little over a week ago, um, DeAndre Ayton actually ended up signing the offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. Now, if you don't know what that means, that shocked me and a lot of other people because we knew immediately right after that that there was going to be no sign-in trade. So what that tells me is that Indiana was just kind of taking a flyer here, and they were like, you know what, we have the max – slot after they'd stretched some of their guys that they got in that Boston trade and waived Dwayne Washington, which side note here, Dwayne Washington better get picked up and be on an NBA roster because I'm not saying he's some great player, but that guy was solid for Indiana all year. And I don't think they necessarily wanted to waive him, but it was just something that they had to do to have that max slot for DeAndre Hayden. Great shooter, just a solid player. I think he should be on a roster. But aside from that, they had to waive Dwayne Washington and they had to stretch some of those small contracts that they had that they got in the Boston trade by trading Brogdon for like five players. So once they did that, they had the max slot. Now, I guess they were just kind of saying like, you know, if we get Aiton, great. If we don't, it's not that big of a deal. We would rather try to get him and hope that they don't match it opposed to us losing some assets to get him. So, I mean, I kind of got it, but I also thought it would have been great if he could have ended up there. So he signed the offer sheet. It was a four-year max contract. Now, the Suns obviously very quickly after matched it. Now, it didn't surprise me that they matched it. It just kind of surprised me at how quickly they matched it, considering you get 48 hours to do so. Tyron, were you kind of like surprised at how quickly they matched it? I was. My question to you, before I even begin, is wasn't they arguing about a contract like a year before about Aiden in the max deal and stuff like that? So, so where so they did that? Where this comes into play when Aiden was asking for the max extension. So what the the big extension that you can get is the five year. Like it changes every year depending on cap or whatever, but. Like this year, for instance, like guys like Garland and Zion and I'm forgetting guys, but I mean those two, they said, and uh, Jaw, 
Jaw was another big one. They signed a five-year, yeah. $193 million extension. So all five years, max money every year. Aiton wanted, like, that type of contract. Well, Phoenix tried to, like, counter it and offer, like, four years, I think. And they just weren't – they didn't want to do a five-year max. And yeah. he wanted five years. Well, that's where they didn't hit the agreement because the misconception is that Phoenix wasn't willing to give him max money. I'm pretty sure – I mean, I don't – they weren't willing to give him the five-year max. That's all I know. I don't know if they were willing yeah. to give him max money over four years. I just know they weren't willing to give him that contract. And if you go back, it's actually kind of funny because the stuff didn't heat up about Aiden because at first the guys that got it were uh, Luca, Trey – Trey Young to be exact. Luka Doncic, Trey Young, and Shea Gilgeous-Alexander. No doubt the three best players from that draft class so far. I think where the reason that made Aiton push, this, like he said, I want that contract, I deserve that contract, is that the Nuggets gave it to Michael Porter Jr. And so then Aiton was kind of like, if he's getting it, you're going to give it to me. And they yeah. didn't budge. Like, they didn't budge. They were like, we really don't care what Denver did. We're not giving it to you. So – I think it was like – it was just tough, a lot of details to be worked out. Um, I was kind of surprised that they didn't shop Aiton at all, like at the deadline. But, I mean, I kind of get it too because they're rolling. I mean, they had by far the best record in the league. Um, but, I mean, I, ho- I hope that kind of like made sense to you and like our audience. Like they just weren't willing to give him the five-year max so they couldn't come to an agreement because he was dead set on, no, I want the five-year max. Yeah, because when that, because when he had, uh, when they had offered the match, the first thing, the, that's the first thing that came to mind was like, dang, they didn't give him like the max, like the extension max last year. So why was well, they so but even? Okay, so we'll look at it this way. Even even if you're looking at it like that, like, oh, well, they weren't going to give him the max then, so why'd they give it now? Yeah. Even if they didn't want to give him max money, since he signed the offer sheet and they couldn't agree on a sign and trade they pretty much were left with the options of do we match and retain him or do we let him walk and get absolutely nothing out of a guy we selected four years ago with the number one overall pick. And yeah. so I, I think your decision's pretty easy there, you know? Exactly. So it was like, like I said, I was just surprised how quickly they matched. I'm kind of surprised that Indiana also didn't throw in all kinds of like things in the contract like a player option, um, a trade kicker, maybe like pay him more up front so that like you have to – so that if the Suns were to match, like they would go even deeper into the luxury tax for this year. Um, just like things like that. But they really didn't do anything complicated. Like it was just – and I think that's because they weren't that bent on like getting him. Like they were kind of of the mindset of if we get him, great. Like we're excited. If we yeah. don't – it's really not that big of a deal, like, to them. So I think that's what made it so easy for Phoenix to match. Like, it wasn't like they had to debate themselves, okay, well, obviously we can't lose him, but if we plan on trading him, then, you know, they would have to work out stuff like, oh, 15% trade kicker, but they didn't have to because Indiana clearly didn't want him, like, they weren't losing sleep if they didn't get him, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, um... You know, I, I think another thing to talk about is, like, what kind of goes on with Aiden moving forward. And I'm sure it's awkward right now. 
I mean, I'm not going to sit here. Like, you can't just sit there and think that, like, just because he got matched to stay there, oh, everything's great now. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Like, there's definitely – like, let's go back a few months ago. He played, like, 17 minutes in the elimination game. Monty Williams comes out and says that it was an internal thing. Um, you know, you've also got, like, he doesn't think he's getting enough touches or whatever, like – he still is going to have that sourness towards the fact that they didn't just give him this up front. Because in his mind, like, well, you ended up giving it to me, so why couldn't we have just worked this out a summer ago? And I don't – just, like, stuff like that, it's not going to be easy. Like, maybe in time things get repaired, but it's definitely not repaired yet at this very moment. He's definitely happy because he's making max money right now. But in terms of, like, his role there and his future – I, there's definitely some things to still be worked out and discussed. Big facts. And it's Phoenix. I'd say I wouldn't call them completely out of the Kevin Durant thing. If Durant is to be traded, you know, yeah. I think there's definitely high likelihood at this point that Kevin Durant is just a Brooklyn net this year. Um, but in the event that he's not like, let's say they are just kind of determined like Brooklyn's like, okay, like, we really have to move him here um, in the event that he held out or whatever. I don't think he'll do that, but I'm just saying if he did, since I'm hypothetical scenario, um, yeah, they still could have a package. It's just a lot different if Aiton's not in there. But also it's kind of said that uh, Brooklyn didn't ever view Aiton as like the type of guy they wanted. He wasn't like a – not that they didn't want him. I think he had to be a part of the trade. But, like, yeah. they didn't view him as some altering piece compared to other offers. So, like, they weren't looking at the Suns offer and going, oh, they can give us Aiden, so they're the deal breaker. Yeah. But it was – so now he can't even be involved in a trade until – I think it's January 15th. But even after January 15th, they can't trade him this year unless he approves of that trade. So that's, I mean, sheesh. like, so they, they are locked in basically with him for a full another year here. Um, and the Pacers, yeah. the Pacers can't acquire him in a full year either. So since they signed him originally to the offer sheet. So like, even if January 15th came and oh. they wanted to trade him to the Pacers and he approved it, it can't happen since they were the team that, sign them or whatever yeah. so um yeah that's it's like he's pretty much locked in you know i do think the suns still have a route to kevin durant and it's not it's not the greatest thing in the world they'd have to get a third team involved but it's yeah. basically around like every draft pick they have possible because i think they have access to like seven or eight first um and then also uh adding that with Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. I think the Nets do like Bridges from my understanding uh, in a trade. He's not a deal breaker, but he's somebody that they want if it, if it is to happen. Um, him, Cam Johnson, and kind of like somebody like Sarich or Shamit or something for like filler. And then you have all those draft assets, and then you have a third team as well with maybe either a player and some draft. I don't know. It's very complicating, but I think there's still a route. That makes sense. Like, I think there still is a route for Phoenix if he is to be traded. Yeah. 
It's just not nearly as likely. So let me give you a hypothetical here. Okay, let me hear it. Let's see. Let's say that nothing happens with with Kevin Durant, right? Yeah, yeah. Season starts, and like you was talking about earlier about Aiden and the, the chemistry with the teammates, coaches, and all that stuff. Seventeen minutes in the elimination game. Let's say he comes out next year and plays terrible. Not not terrible as in like you just no, mean not progressing. Not, not no max contract. Right. Uh, you said the fifteenth of January, right, was when he can get traded, right? Correct. He has to approve it though for the entire for the rest of the year. Okay. What do you think would happen then on the fifteenth? I don't see a route where he's moved at all in the next season. Just because of the just because of the he can't he, he has, has to prove he has all the control because he could basically yeah. Like, he could pretty much tell himself, no, like, I'm only going to go where I think it's a perfect setting, no matter what assets you're being offered for me. So, I would say he is a locked-in Phoenix Sun for the entire year, no matter what. Does it end – so, it ends after the year about the like- – So, the new year starts July 1 every year. Okay. And, and I'm pretty sure – I don't think it's a year after he signed it. I think it's just when the new year starts. So that would mean July 1 next summer would be whenever they could trade him again with, like, no restrictions. You think he's gone then if that, if that does happen, if him playing bad like that? Right now, yeah. I just – I don't even think playing bad or not. I just think, like – think this, Sometimes you can fix it, okay? Sometimes you can. Like, yeah. sometimes it's one of those things where, yeah, you have the, dis- the discrepancy and then something happens, but then it works out. Like, you figure it out. Not everybody – like, it's like we were talking about a year ago. Oh, well, is DeAndre Aiden going to get traded because they didn't come up with a uh, – since they didn't come to an agreement on an extension. Well, no. Yeah. He played the whole year. He was a great player for them, and they had the best record in the NBA. Like, like sometimes people are just grown men and they figure it out. You know? Yeah. Like, not, yeah. not to say that if it doesn't work out, people aren't grown men. I'm just saying that's just the best way to put it. Like – Sometimes they just put everything aside, they figure it out, and they make it work. And maybe they do that. But right now, I just don't think it's going anywhere. I really think he thinks that there's another level for him. And so, to him, I think he wants to be somewhere else. I think he's – like I said earlier, he got his max money, so he really doesn't care right now. He knows that this year he's probably going to be there. But let's say things go – like. For instance, I don't see Phoenix being better than a healthy Clippers, healthy Nuggets, um, healthy Warriors again. Um, I mean, I think those three are in that top tier. And, you know, I don't see Phoenix in that category. I don't, I don't think – I don't know if Phoenix is better. It's tough because Jaron Jackson got hurt. But I don't know if I can sit here and tell you that Phoenix is just better than Memphis at full strength. Um, and then also, I mean – I get it. They lost Jalen Brunson, but all due respect, there's a team that just beat them as well. That's there in the Dallas Mavericks. So you know, that's that we're talking five teams right now. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if I would just sit there and say that the uh, that the Phoenix Suns are going to come back and be fine. So I mean, if things go south again. I think a lot of tension comes up, and that's what I kind of am expecting to happen. And then I think he has moved next offseason. 
Do you have any idea where? No, because I think if he becomes available again, it's a lot more complicating because he wouldn't yeah. be a restricted free agent anymore. It doesn't become sign and trade type stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't become like, oh yeah, like we we think he's great and can be unlocked. Like then you're talking year one on a max contract and you're starting to ask yourself, okay, how did he play on his max money? And then like, you're not on that rookie deal anymore. Like it changes whenever you get off of that. Yeah. When you, when you go on to those big contracts, like you have to play up to it. You do. And I'm not saying he will or won't. I'm just saying if he, like for instance, I thought he had a really good year, but he didn't have a max contract year. Yeah. And so it's like, you have to be a max contract type guy and put up max contract numbers to justify a team trading for you to get you. So I think it's going to be interesting to see it play out. Um, I'm not so sure that we'll see the repeated success of the Suns in the regular season. Um, So maybe we see some tension going on during the regular season. I hope I'm praying on a downfall. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just don't, that team can't remain the same because I think it's been pretty proven at this point that like that team is not going to win a championship. Like the two times that they fit, we, me and Andrew talked about it last week. The two times that they faced a healthy team in the playoffs, they've lost. Like, it's just the facts, man. Like at some point you have to look are they a good team? Yes, they're a good team. Like, they're a good team. They have a really good backcourt. Aiton is a great option at five. They've got good wings as well. But they're just not good enough. Like, that, to simply put it, they are not good enough. No. And, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't want to touch on it too much because we kind of talked about it. But I think Andrew brought it up, and, I mean, I'm in full agreement. Like, I love Devin Booker, but – I don't think he's in that tier where you can be like, yeah, he's good enough to be your best player on a championship team. Agree or disagree? I agree. I just don't – I don't know. I mean, they had Giannis and them up 2-0 in the finals. They did, but but to be fair, to be fair, like not even a week before Giannis was coming off the hyperextended knee and yeah. honestly probably shouldn't even playing. And it's like, he didn't even play in the last game or two against Atlanta. He comes back. But then after all that or whatever, after the first two games, he absolutely murdered them. He did. But, but I get, um, I, keep, I mean, keep your point up. Like I get what you're saying. Like they were up to in the finals. Yeah. They were up to in the finals. So I'm like, he, could he be number one? I don't see it happening, but like, to be honest with you, like it wouldn't surprise me that much if somehow he got it done. That's yeah. just my, that's just my opinion on it because of what happened. What happened? I guess, I guess the way I look at it, which you're not wrong when you put it that way, but mm-hmm. like every series is a new series, and yes. and once you get out of one round, it doesn't matter what happened in the previous round. All that matters is that you're in the next round, and yes. so I just don't know if Devin Booker can be the player that propels you in four series in a row. Because because looking back, like it took – I don't know about the Nuggets because they did sweep them, to be fair. But, like, 
Lakers were up 2-1, AD's out. I'm not saying that they would have won or lost a series, just telling you what happened. And then Jamal Murray, no games against against them. And then the Clippers go to six. And, like, Kawhi was out. And Zubak was great in that series, too, and was out for game six. So, it's like, I just don't yeah. know if – I can he be your best player to win a series? Sure. Can he be your best player to win four series? I really just don't think so. And, I mean, I think – I think that that's, like, a good point. Because I think that there's a there's a lot of players, I won't say like a lot, but there's a good amount of players that can win you a series. Absolutely. But it, how many players can take you to win four? Not many. And that list is very short. Facts. Very factual. I mean, but, you get what I'm saying there. I get. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And 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 to your and to what I was saying is like that scenario right there of injury happening. They end up winning. Injury. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They hell if Giannis would have stayed hurt. God forbid something happened to Giannis and they'd have won it two more times. He'd yeah. The finals and he'd add it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's my yeah. situation where I think he can win it. I feel you. Because, it, I mean, that's a fair point as well because, I mean, let's just be real. There's never a postseason where you're sitting there saying that a team faced four fully healthy teams in a row. Like, fact. like yeah, the past two have been kind of injury riddled or whatever, but there's always a little injury somewhere. Yeah. Like any year. And I mean, that's not to say that just because someone has an injury means that they would have beat somebody or won it all. But, like, it's just part of it. You get, you get the questions. Quit people question. Whether, yeah. Yeah. People question. yeah. But um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how things turn out with DeAndre Aiden. Um, I, I will say the Suns will be brought up here in a minute as well. But I just kind of want to move on. I just want to talk about Donovan Mitchell now. You know, this pod won't mean anything terribly long, but just want to touch on these two. Obviously, we hear, like I mentioned towards the beginning, that the Jazz are willing to answer the phone about Donovan Mitchell. So, I mean, that that threw me off. Uh, But here we are. And, you know, the Knicks were kind of like the team that everybody threw on it immediately. No, I mean, no surprise. Like, that's something that we've speculated for a while. And, yes, obviously you guys don't see this in video form, but Tyron's pumping his fist. And in my head, I am too. Neither one of us are Knicks fans. But, like, the way to explain it is we both really love Donovan Mitchell. And we also, I don't know, like, we just love the energy that Knicks fans have and that MSG has. And so, like yeah. – we would absolutely love the idea of Donovan Mitchell being a Nick, but we won't have the biases here. All that you need to know at the beginning, <laughs> we're going to unbiasedly tell you all the situations, teams that could get him, but I'll just go ahead and tell you up front, we are rooting for Donovan Mitchell to be a New York Nick. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'm buying the jersey the next day. Me as well. I, I actually tweeted something the other day because me and Tyron were talking about it on Twitter. I tweeted a picture of Donovan Mitchell photoshopped in a Knicks jersey, and I put at New York Knicks, hurry up. <laughs> Let's do it. Hurry up, bro. I'm tired of waiting, man. I think I also tweeted something that was like <laughs> that, that, that Woj bomb that says Donovan Mitchell has been traded to the New York Knicks. is going to hit different. <laughs> like, oh, I, I want it. it is, bro. I want it. I want it. Uh, no bias, though. No bias. <laughs> no bias. Let's um, do it. 
So we found out recently after the Knicks talked to the Jazz because the Jazz were kind of – they were saying, hey, for right now, we're going to talk to the New York, the New York Knicks. We're going to see what they have to say. They kind of threw some offers back and forth at each other. Nobody knows what those offers were yet. But it has been reported by Mark Stein that the Jazz are looking for six first-round picks, whether it's unprotected picks or swaps. And they don't want any pick with a protection. Like I said, they want it unprotected. They don't really want players. They just want draft capital. Danny Ainge is trying to tank. If, if he gets the right value for Donovan Mitchell, which I think some team will budge at some point, just a matter of who. And he he's wanting to tank, and he's wanting to kind of build what he did with Boston, in my opinion. The dude has shown you he can build a roster. The roster that just played in the NBA Finals and went to six games and probably could have won the series if they just didn't beat them. I don't want to, I don't want to discredit the Warriors, but I'm just I – mean, let's just be honest. Celtics did, in a sense, kind of beat themselves. Again, all the credit in the world to the Warriors, but I'm just saying Danny Ainge basically built a championship-caliber team through the draft. He can do it. Okay, that team was his. He drafted that team. Okay. Um, So, I mean, he's proven I can draft. I think it's also just another team trying to buy into the Victor Wimignana sweepstakes. I think the dude's the best – I've talked about it before. He's the best prospect I've ever seen. Um, That clip went around of him today on Twitter because he just absolutely shook somebody. And it's like, dude, you're 7'3". This doesn't even make sense. And he hit like a fading one-legged jumper after shaking the dude. So I was like, like, what are we even watching? Like, this dude doesn't even look real. Like, like I'm super high on Chet, and I think Chet has the highest ceiling and is probably the best prospect in this class. I think Victor has even higher potential than Chet. Like, I would be – like, I would take Victor – in terms of ceiling, I would take Victor over Chet 10 times out of 10, and I'm super high on Chet. so yeah I think Utah is actually trying to get in that as well but um you know since they want six first round picks maybe seven or whatever there's obviously only so many teams that actually have that draft capital (laughs) so when you look at it and you look for teams that actually have that type of draft capital some teams that I I'm not saying that these teams would do it or not. I'm just simply stating the teams with that type of draft capital. Cleveland Cavaliers, Indiana Pacers, Memphis Grizzlies, New Orleans Pelicans, New York Knicks, <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder, shocker, uh, Orlando Magic, Phoenix Suns, San Antonio Spurs, and the Toronto Raptors. Now, obviously, you're going to hear that and you're going to immediately shut down some of those teams, and rightfully so. Okay, some of those should not and will not be in the sweepstakes. So, some teams that we could kind of throw out. I mean, let's just kind of talk through it, Tyron. We're just going to say yes or no for every team, and then we'll talk about the situations after we've decided who's yes, who's no. Okay, Cleveland Cavaliers, do you think that they would be interested? I say yes. I think so, too. I don't know if they will or not, but for fun, I'm going to say yes. Okay. I'll say yes. Indiana Pacers. I'm going to go no here. Really? I think it would be fun, but I also think after they just drafted Matherin and they have Halliburton, I think they kind of love their backcourt going forward. I think they're also a team that 
you know, there's no guarantee that Mitchell stays there three or four years later, and they're not going to be in a championship window just because they get Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. So their draft picks matter being such a small market. Whereas like the Cavs, I think is different because they have such a good young core that he's going to play with them. And whether he'd be in Cleveland or not long-term, if he'd want to be there, they mm-hmm. have like, let's just be real with like Garland Mobley and Jared Allen, like Donovan Mitchell, that's a, that could be a championship core in a few years. So like, it's a little different. Whereas like Indiana, I don't think it's like a championship core and it would kind of defeat the purpose of them just drafting math. Right. Um, so I'm going to say no to them. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Or are you still like, do you still think yes for the Pacers? That may, that makes sense to me though. That does. Okay. So I'm going to mark, I'm going to mark them off. Memphis Grizzlies. You first. Oh, oh, I think so. I'm yes. I'm yes. Okay. I'm I'll, with you. I'm with you. Okay. New Orleans Pelicans. I say no. Yeah. I don't think I would. Only reason I say no is because, like, they have their group right now. They just have to, like, put it together. I'm not saying they're a contender, like, right now, but I'm just saying, like, for the next two, three years, like, they have their group. And, like, I don't, yes. I, I don't know. But, but I'm going to say I'm going to say no. I just think they like what they have. I don't I like Dev, to be honest. If they're not, if they're not in the mood, which I know is different because Brandon Ingram would be in this deal opposed to he wouldn't be in the Donovan Mitchell deal. Mm. If they're not interested in trading for KD, I don't see them like going on next mile <laughs> with draft capital for Donovan Mitchell. You know? Yeah. Um, Knicks, you don't have to ask us. Uh, <laughs> yes, obviously. Um, Thunder. No. Yeah, I say no. I say no. Yeah. Um, Orlando Magic. Uh, I think Orlando takes whatever the hell they can get. I, I say yes. I, I really do. Like, I'm their guard play isn't the best either, and so it's like they can improve a lot there. Um, I say yes. Okay, Phoenix Suns. Take what you can get, Orlando. Yeah, no kidding. Phoenix Suns, I say yes. I will too, man. I just, say yeah. I just think the problem is that they might be so bent on getting KD. I think KD stays with the Nets again. Yeah, I think KD, like, you know, like we thought about, is ultimately going to be a net as well. So, I mean, I guess, I guess you were just kind of saying as well that, like, you think that the Suns could go after Mitchell since they're not in the KD mix. Like, is that where you're going? Yeah, that's where I was going with that. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, I think the Suns are a yes. So, we'll keep them in. The Spurs, I'm going to say no. Why um, do you say that? I mean, they just got rid of DeJounte Murray for draft capital. They're kind yep. of in that tanking trend. Like, they just have a bunch of young guys. Then none of them are, like, that star level. So, I think, they're, I think they're, like, in, like, a full rebuild. Okay. I'll agree with that. And the last team is the Raptors. You first. <laughs> what do you think about Toronto? 
You went out on me. Oh, okay. Oh, you're good. I'm. I'll go. Did you hear what I said about Toronto? If if you would say yes or no to Toronto, I I just now it's just now not cutting in and out. The Raptors, right? Yes. I'm gonna say yes. Yes, I'm a yes too. I'm a yes. Yeah, okay. So now we've cut our list down to Cavs, Grizzlies, Knicks, Magic, Suns, Raptors. So. Now we have a discussion here. How would you feel? We won't, we won't go through each one individually. I'll ask you this. Of those teams, I'll say them again. Cavs, Grizzlies, Knicks, Magic, Suns, Raptors. What do you think are the top three destinations that you'd want, that you'd want to see Mitchell on? Okay. Me personally. Knicks, number one. Agreed. Um, I'm going to go Grizzlies two. Okay. Raptors three. Okay. See, I think I'm going to go Cavs two. Mm. And three's hard, man. Cause like, I'm, I'm taking the magic off compared to the other teams. Like, I think it would be good for the magic, but I'm just saying where I would like to see him or where I think it would work. Yeah. Um, Golly, man, I don't, I don't know if I like. Obviously, him and Ja would be great together, but like, I feel like Ja. I feel like Ja needs that type of player that like doesn't need the ball as much. Like where they are a lethal scorer, but they're like they don't have to have like one of the highest usage rates. Which I mean, Mitchell doesn't have to have like a crazy high usage rate, but I still think Mitchell needs like a higher usage rate. Um, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna miss out on the Grizzlies here, which I guess somebody could say that about Garland, but I feel like Garland is also like, and Jaw's a great distributor too, but like, I, I don't know, I, that's a bad comparison there, but I'm just obviously I got Cavs second. Um, I'm gonna go Raptors third. Love the Raptors. Yeah, I like that. So we'll we'll talk about. We'll talk about those four. We'll take we'll take Phoenix out of it. Okay. We have two of the same, and then we've got some. So, let's go. Obviously, number one fit for us both is the New York Knicks. Now, a lot of people are like, I don't know about Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson, and I don't know, I don't know if R.J. Barrett's a deal breaker. Well, let's start off with this. R.J. Barrett's not going to be in that deal. The the Jazz don't want long-term commitments on players. R.J. Barrett is going to be on a max contract next year, more than likely. And I feel like he's played well enough to get, like, that rookie max extension, especially for the Knicks. You can't lose him. So, it's like, may as well give him that contract. I feel like he's – like, I get it. If somebody says, I don't know if I'd give him that max. But like, I feel like he's played well enough to where you convince yourself that he could probably be, like, a max player. I just feel like yeah. he's good enough on both sides of the ball. Um you know, I totally get it if somebody says that, he, that they don't think he's going to be, like, best player on a championship team good. But, like, that's not necessarily the definition of max player. So, Especially with the Knicks. They need him. Exactly. So like, he, I, I say just give it to him. He's not a deal breaker in a Utah deal. They don't want to get long-term commitment and have to pay somebody a lot of money. Yeah. So he's going to be there. Okay. I get it. Someone might say, oh, Jalen Brunson, small backcourt. Fellas, like Jalen Brunson 
is the best point guard the Knicks have had in like 30 years. Like, it's okay. <laughs> and then Donovan Mitchell would also be the best star yeah. they've had since Melo. And like, I think you could, I think you could argue that what Mitchell has done in Utah is better than arguably what. I'm not even arguing. I think you could definitely argue what Mitchell's done in Utah is better than what Melo did in New York. I'm not saying Melo overall, okay? Like I'm saying Melo in New York. So you could yeah. be bringing in a player that's a star. They haven't had an all-star guard since Allen Houston. 2001. Dear Lord. So you could have that. R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson's there. Like, it would be exciting. I, I think they're probably, like – who cares even if they're like not a lock for top six? Like that's a great core. They're all they're all twenty-five and under. Yeah. And, and honestly, in my opinion, because they're gonna they've set themselves up with Brunson's contract. And obviously, if they get Mitchell, they would have to trade matching salaries. So like whether it's Randall or like a Fournier and Rose or like a Rose and I don't know, like people that like make that contract. So it's not like they're gonna be it's not like they're going to be bringing on more money by bringing on Mitchell. Like, that's equal there. They set themselves up well with these contracts to where I think in, like, a few off-seasons, they're going to have a ton of cap space. You can't tell me that a, that a big-time free agent wouldn't want to go play in New York City at MSG with a team that has an all-NBA slash all-star caliber guard, a really good point guard, and then a player like R.J. Barrett. That's exactly like, what I'd say. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> And and also, I want to bring up the fact that – back me up if it's true or not. The Knicks, Everybody that the Knicks have drafted, they haven't even got like a second contract, right? Or, am I right or am I wrong? Right. No, you're right. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is the first Nick to get a second contract in like a long time. Yeah, so it's like – I get it's a lot of picks, but at the end of the day, it's like you're not even keeping your picks. Exactly, bro. And like let's just be real. Like the Knicks – the Knicks have not necessarily drafted well either. So it's not like the guys that they're drafting and don't retain. Like, there's a reason they're not retaining them. It's because they draft horribly. Exactly. Like, like, they're better off going for the guy right now that's 25 years old and is a beast and is going to be a beast for another five, six years at the minimum. Like, they're better off doing that than they are banking on getting some – banking on drafting well. Because, yeah, it's one thing if you get a top three pick. But guess what? The Knicks are, like, mediocre right now, so they're not going to be in the hunt for a top three pick. So they would have to get really lucky in the lottery. Yeah. So it's, like, to be able to build good talent in, like, that 7 to 14 range, which is what they're going to be at right now as long as they keep the same roster, like, you have to have an elite front office to be able to get better drafting in that range. <laughs> so, yeah. Dang. I'm all for it. I think it's great. And even if it doesn't pay off in year one, it'll pay off because somebody will go play there. Somebody will. I, I guarantee it. Yes. I so, definitely agree that too. So I'm all for the Knicks. Um, let's go Let's go Raptors next because we agreed on that one was both in our top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think we can agree that the one thing that this Raptors team is missing is – I mean, I like the players they have. Pascal Siakam is great. Like, Fred Van Vliet is great. OG Ananobi is a really good player. Yeah. Um, you know, Gary Trent Jr. is a good three-point shooter and is good off the dribble and can create some stuff. Like, the one thing they're missing is, like, a perimeter player that can just straight up get a bucket and, like, get a bucket whenever he wants to from, like, all three levels. 
And, like, you would add that on this team if you added Donovan Mitchell. And I, the immediate argument is going to be, like, oh, him and Fred Van Vliet is a really small backcourt. Well, him and Gary Trent Jr. isn't some big backcourt right now. So, I mean, you do that. Oh, exactly. Fred Van Vliet is a great defensive player. So, it's, like, his size, yeah, it's not ideal. But at least Fred's a really good defensive player. And then Toronto also has a lot of good defensive wings. And let's be honest, man, like they play some really big lineups. Like it wouldn't be that bad if you had two small guards considering the next three guys are like 6'9 plus. Yeah. Like it's not that big of a deal if that's the case. So I, I think that could take the Raptors to a whole other level if they were to add a player like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be too – it's going to be too off the rock. Do you think – do you think – that the Raptors kind of say no to it because of, like, the situation with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, how they never got over that hump with them two being, like, the best two guys on the on the team? Or do you think they say that's not DeMar DeRozan and that's not Kyle Lowry? Let's, let's try it again in your head. All due respect to DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam and Donovan Mitchell right now are a level above both of those dudes. Yes. And, I mean, DeMar was great this past year in the regular season. But DeMar's postseasons have never been something that catch your eye. Like, he's been historically bad in the (laughs) postseason. Like, just to keep it honest. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's, let's keep it real here as well. Kyle Lowry's never been a great playoff performer. I love Kyle Lowry. But, like, outside of the year with Kawhi where they won the title and then the bubble, you can't just, like, look at Kyle Lowry's playoff runs and be like, oh, he's been really good. Yeah. So, you know, I think I think it's kind of – and I'm, this isn't anything towards you. I'm just saying, like, I think it's unfair if the Raptors were to look at it like that and say, oh, we're scared about this. Because, to me, Pascal and Donovan are a different level. They are. And I think – I do think that it's dumb to look at that, but some people do. You know what I mean? I know what you're saying. Some teams I get it. You have yes. to. Look at, you have to look at every angle, and if you don't, yeah, you're gonna something will happen. Like, yeah, unless you just get super lucky. I think you also have to look at it like this: they have a they have a future superstar in Scotty Barnes, and who knows whenever that breakout actually comes. So, like, even like there's a small chance. I'm not saying this next year, but like two, three years down the line you say that Pascal and Donovan are like two option two and three behind a guy like Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Yeah. I think they should, they should definitely, if they can, they should definitely pull that trigger. Yeah. I think they're just a team too, that they draft extremely well. So it's like, they never know what they could also be adding with their current team. So I, yeah. I would, I wouldn't like disagree with them if they had the chance and they were like, we just feel like it's too much. So, yeah, I, I love the thought of it, but a lot of things to work out there. Now, let's go with the Grizzlies next. Okay. So, this one, I'll just be honest, probably has no shot, but it's really fun to speculate. The Grizzlies have a ton of picks, um, and that's all that the Jazz want. Like, it's not like the Jazz are looking for Jaron Jackson Jr. in this type of deal. Like, no, they're literally looking for draft picks, which the Grizzlies have a ton of. I think it would be fun, first off. Take away anything about actually winning a chip or anything. It would be so much fun. Um, I can't, like, can you imagine some of the plays 
with John and Mitchell in the backcourt. <laughs> Dear God. Dear God. <laughs> it would be it'd be crazy, bro. It would be crazy. And I mean, I think you still have like I think you still have like you might even be able to you I don't know how that would work in terms of players you would keep because you still have to meet the salary of Donovan Mitchell in the trade. But, I mean, you still have Jaron Jackson Jr. there. And some of the guys they just drafted are going to be great pieces and they have good depth. Like, I like it. I'm not against it. I'll put it that way. I'm not either. But, I, yeah, I, I obviously think that John Morant is going to be the type of player that is good enough to win your championship. Um, at some point, I'm not just claiming that it's right now, but I just think he's going to be that type of player. I mean, I think a lot of people forget too. Like, this dude was outplaying Steph Curry. Like, I'm not saying he's a better player than Steph Curry. I'm just simply stating he was outplaying Steph Curry through three games, like severely, severely outplaying. And so he unfortunately got hurt. And it's like I think a lot of people forget that. So like, maybe he is that player right now. Like, let's not forget what he just did this year. Like, they had the second-best record in the league, he, and that was without an all-star teammate. And he also averaged, like, crazy numbers. Like, we can't forget all that. Like, he might be that player right now. And so, when, you're, when you have that type of player, you can't miss opportunities. And they have him locked in now. So, it'll be fun. I just don't – I think they could see some struggles against certain teams like like a Celtics or a Clippers, which a lot of teams are going to face struggles with teams like that. But, like, big wings to put on guys and, like, also having to guard big wings on the other end of the floor. Like, mm-hmm. that would be tough for a team like, like if Memphis had Mitchell. That would be tough for a team like them with two guards and playing a true five man because they don't sit out there and play Jaron at the five a ton because he's still trying to figure out how to stay out of foul trouble at times and stuff. So, yeah, Tyron, you guys can't see this, but Tyron's smirking because, I mean, it's true. Like, he does have an issue with that still. He's gotten better about it, but it's still an issue. And so I just think it would be tough for them with a true five man or if Jaron is in foul trouble with two small guards as well to guard a team like the Celtics or the Clippers that are just wings loaded and have two guys that can create their own shot and stuff. Like, I think that would be tough to guard. Yeah. At least one of those is in the opposite conference. So it's not a huge deal. And, I mean, I guess you could look at it as, like, maybe the Grizzlies are like, well, hopefully we just don't face them. You know? Like – there's so many possibilities yeah. to play the team. Maybe we just won't play them. <laughs> but I like it. I think it would be worth it. I'm for it. Bottom line is it would be the number one league pass team. Yeah. Do you think they're the less they're the less likely out of those teams that we talked about to get him to actually pull it? Yeah, because I don't see them actually making a move right now. Yeah. I think they love what they have. Like I genuinely think they absolutely love what they have. I love what they have too. I do too. Like I'm, and they have such a good, they have such a good group up top. They make decisions, like they've yeah. proven that. So and they kept kind of like I, I said it. Yeah, and I mean I said it whenever, whenever we we're whenever I was talking about their draft, like they drafted 
Laravia and David Roddy and um, I'm missing one, but whatever. Yeah, my boy Kennedy Chandler. Well, yeah, yeah, Kennedy in the second round. And then they picked up uh, the Lofton dude, the big guy. Big fella. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I just trust their front office at this point. Like, I – even though I didn't know a ton about Laravia mm-hmm. and, like, I mean, I knew about David Roddy, but, like – and Roddy was probably drafted a little earlier than what they could have gotten him at. But, like, I trust them. And if they think that those guys are going to go in and fit well and be good players, I believe them because they've proven to me time and time again in the past four or five years that the guys that they're drafting and putting into this team are fitting very well. (laughs) Yeah, they are. (laughs) Um, And so the last team that we'll discuss here is also a team that I think absolutely loves their team and is in no hurry to, like, get involved with anything is the Cleveland Cavaliers. And that's because they happen to have a great point guard that they just got on a five-year extension. Jared Allen still has three years left on his deal. And they have an insane type player that – the guy that's going to be an insane type player in Evan Mobley that just had an incredible rookie year and has all the potential in the world. So I think if you paired another elite scorer with them, they become dangerous immediately. But – I also understand if they want to keep all those draft picks just because you never know what might happen. And and I'm not saying that to say players leaving. I'm just saying, like, maybe they need another depth piece and they're able to get it through the draft, or maybe they're able to make a trade to get a nice role player that complements that three uh, really well because they have saved those picks. So, like, it's one of those things where I think it would be really good if they got him, but I think they're also set up really well right now. And so, like, if they do just keep it, like, they're not in any they're, – they're just set up well. Like, that's the best way to put it. They're set up extremely well. Yeah. What, uh, how do you think a dyna- – because we talked about it a little bit with, like, Morant and Mitchell. How do you think it would be with, like, Garland and Mitchell? You cut in and out on me again. Did oh, you say, okay. How do you think Garland and uh, would fit? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that to me they get better, but I, I don't know. I, to be honest, I'm 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 clueless when it comes to that. I I, I can never know how players are going to play together until they actually play together. That's yeah. just that's just all that's just always how I've seen, it. because I've seen you can say one player is going to play this way, but that's how he plays on that team. Maybe in another system he could play a, d- a different way. Yeah, but the only thing you can say is that he's he's small, he's small. How's it going to work defensively? Yeah, and but I think I think a fair backup to that is Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are down low. Exactly. So <laughs> saying that saying that they got them big fellas down there. <laughs> I think I think they could do it. Duh, they could do it. I think it could work. I I actually love it the more I think about it. Yeah. Like I guess the one concern would be do we end up trading these many picks and then we don't like win in the three years that he's here or whatever and then he leaves. And I get it if that's the concern. Like I completely get it. Cause 
I don't know if I'm sitting there saying that they're a championship team in the next three years just because they get him. Are they yeah. going to be better? Yes. Would they have the potential of being a championship team in the future? Of course. But you're at a very high risk of getting him. You don't make it happen or get close to, like, making it happen. And then he leaves and you trade all that draft capital. Or someone else on your team leaves. That yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. We well, but the thing is, is that Garland, Allen, and Mobley are all locked in for the time while he's there. Or that he would be there if he got traded. Yeah. Um, I, I do have a question for you about the six draft picks. And a lot of these draft picks, Rudy Gobert, how many picks were in that trade? So four, but four. if you kind of like – a lot of people are just saying five basically because – Of the other player that got – Walker Kessler just got drafted in the first round. Yeah. So, yeah. So my question to you is, how valuable are first-round picks now? Because I think in the next few years, if those teams end up like how the Thunder are getting, with that all them draft picks coming in and they're looking really good, do teams start saying we're not giving up six draft? We're not giving up six first rounds. First round. Oh, well, I mean, there's teams that won't. I, I think a future first especially multiple years down, whether it's two or six or whatever, always has value unless you have – unless it's somebody like like the Bucks with Giannis Antetokounmpo because you know he's going nowhere no time soon. You know he's not asking for a trade. You know he's not leaving. Or like Luka in Dallas because you know he has four years left. He's not going to request a trade on this deal. At least we don't think so anyway. Like teams like that. Like like a Bucks pick to me in the next five years means nothing. Like that pick's guaranteed to be twenty five to thirty. Yeah. Giannis has a freak injury. Like but but teams that have guys that are on like two, three year deals and you just don't know what's gonna happen, like I think you love the idea of taking that first, especially if you're a small market. So it really just depends. Like you can't just put the value on any teams first. Like I can't, like I can't sit here and tell you that all 2026 first round picks have the same value. And I mean, I know that you like understand that. Yes. But I'm just saying like, that's why for instance, in the Knicks deal, the Knicks have more than like their picks. But the problem is that some of those picks are from other teams and have protections and stuff. And it's like, why would Utah want that? Because, like, for instance, the Knicks have, like, a Detroit pick for next year that's, like, top 18 protected. Why would Utah even consider that an asset? Because, let's be real, Detroit ain't going to be in the top 12 next year. <laughs> so that pick's just going to go back to Detroit. Like, and I think they, they also have a Wizards pick that's lottery protected. Well, I mean, come on, man. What are the odds that the Wizards – first off, Wizards are not going to be top six, okay? I think it's pretty – I think anybody would say that. Maybe they surprised me. Maybe they're fifth or sixth. They're not top four, definitely, okay? Probably not top six. That puts them in a play-in spot. Maybe. Maybe puts them in a play-in spot. And, you know, there's no guarantee they get out of there. That pick probably goes back to the Wizards, if I had to guess. They've got some other type of pick with another protection. So those picks mean nothing. Because you know they're going to go back. That's like, don't get me wrong, the Thunder have a ton of draft picks. 
some of their picks really don't mean anything. It's just picks that might end up panning out well. And for them, it's worth it because they got those picks by bringing on a salary whenever they had cap space. So it's like it really just – it always depends on the circumstance. And I guess for this situation specifically, yeah, I guess you could say if Utah had other offers, the Cleveland one is not as enticing as other ones because you're sitting there saying Garland is like low 20s. Jared Allen is like mid-20s. Evan Mobley is like 19. <laughs> like Donovan Mitchell would be 25. Like you'd be banking on a lot to get some high draft picks out of that. So, yeah, but that's where it also comes into play that Utah, when they want picks out of this, nothing is going to have a protection on it. If a Donovan Mitchell trade is made, it's going to be because there's swaps and then every pick that is able to be traded that's not a swap will be fully unprotected. It won't even have a top one protection on it because Utah is going to be like, why would I do the deal if you're going to have protection? Yeah. Because if you're only getting draft capital, you're not getting a player, you don't want any chance that you don't get one of those picks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess if we were ranking teams for Utah's case, there would be a lot less incentive to trade to Cleveland opposed to others. Okay. So, yeah. And then I want to bring up the last one for fun, just because, just because it's fun to talk about. And then we'll be done is the Phoenix Suns. Now, this would take Chris Paul's contract, but they don't care about Chris Paul's contract because they could technically have him off roster like either next year or the year after because it's not fully guaranteed after this year. I don't know the full details, mm-hmm. but he was only fully guaranteed for two years. So, yeah, they could get the Chris Paul contract and a bunch of picks. Now, it's not necessarily super in- – Enticing because that team would be pretty good. I mean, you think about it. Let's say they run Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker, kind of split the one. Both are good. Both are good playmakers, especially Devin Booker, underrated playmaker. And so those two are your backcourt. That's a nasty backcourt, first of all. Okay. Um, then you have Bridges. And, uh, um, why am I blanking on his name? Cameron Johnson. Yeah, Cameron Johnson. Um, and then you have Aiton. I mean, that's a great young core, but maybe the thought process for Utah would be like, that's not a championship team. I'm not saying they are or aren't. I'm just saying maybe Utah would go, that's not a championship team. They'll blow it up. (laughs) So, I don't know. There's so much to it. Like, there's – And you got the the Aiton situation that we were just talking about earlier too. So, that may may be in Utah's head about, about the blowing up situation. I'll – I think he's a Nick. Like, I'm not just – I think he's a Nick. I hope so. And when it happens, give me a jersey. I just – yes. yes. I just think it's a matter of time, and I think it's a thing where the Knicks know that Utah is going to try to force their hand because Utah knows that New York wants him. But New York's also like, well, right now nobody else is offering you what you want. So yeah. – you're either going to take it from us or you're going to keep him. And I think at some point, let's just be real. Let's let's keep it a buck at this point. Utah wants to trade Donovan Mitchell, okay? Because they didn't get in on the Aiden sweepstakes. Their team is not good anymore. Like, they've just gotten a bunch of assets. 
they don't want to keep Donovan Mitchell because then you're what, staying in mediocrity? You'll get the 10th or 11th pick? Like, they don't want Donovan Mitchell right now. Yeah. That's why they're listening to offers. They know they're not going to get better. They're trying to trade basically the whole team at this point to get some assets. So I think it's a matter of time before the season starts. They're just It's just the fact that they're in no rush right now because we still have months before training camp even starts. So I think in due time, he's a Nick. It's for a good draft capital and probably some of those Nick's young pieces as well, like whether it's Quentin Grimes or Obi Toppin or Emmanuel Quickly. So I think in due time, he will be a New York Nick. But I think it's the things I just brought up as to why it's not happening like right now. Because – and, and sorry, I could tell you about to speak, but I just want to say this real quick. The Knicks are smart in doing this. You don't – if no other team is willing to give up what Utah wants, you shouldn't be giving that type of capital either. Like – No. Like, because yeah. you, you very well may get Donovan Mitchell in a few years in free agency. Because it doesn't change anything for them. Because they're not – they don't get any – they're not a championship team right now with him. It's the it's the thought that we were talking about later of getting somebody else. Yes. So in their head, it's like, okay, we can wait. Like, we can get him in free agency in three years probably and then hopefully get somebody else after. So mm-hmm. I like what the Knicks are doing here and not rushing anything. If they do give six picks for him, I don't blame them. But if they don't, also I don't blame them. I think the Knicks are in the win position right now with Mitchell. I do. I definitely do too. But I hope the Knicks don't nick it. Which they very well could. And then they very well could. And I, ho- I hope they don't because I want to see Donovan Mitchell. I will fly – listen, hold on. Let's put on the podcast. I will fly to New York and watch a Nick game if Donovan Mitchell is in Nick. I'm right year. there with you. I'm right there with you. I'm Write it down. Sign on the contract. I'm going to a game. We're going to a game if it happens. Brother, if they, if they get Donovan Mitchell and they make the playoffs, you heard MSG whenever Julius Randle was the best player. I'm going to be in that building if Donovan Mitchell is the best going. player. I don't care about the price of the ticket. I'm going. <laughs> Sign me up. And I hope they play the Hawks first game, first round. <laughs> Do it. That would be fun, though. Mitchell in New York versus the new Trey <laughs> and DeJounte. That would be tough, man. All the possibilities. Well, Tyron, thank you for coming on, man. Um, you know, always a pleasure to have you on. I know if, if our listeners have listened the whole time, they know you've been on here before for the second episode, the Lake Show episode. Uh, you know, we won't get into it, but your Lakers are still struggling. <laughs> hey, 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 leave us alone, leave us alone, leave us alone, man, leave us alone. But, uh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, yeah. man. Of course, bro, anytime. Definitely got to do it again. But um, with that being said, this is the end of episode 19 of Coast to Coast Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Hopefully, Donald Mitchell's Nick. Artlist.io.